Hey friend, get ready to listen in on some long-form conversations and authentic stories with people who have decided to turn their mess into their mission and their past into their purpose. We'll talk on topics like faith, family, and entrepreneurship. Here we go. Hey guys, it's Brittany and welcome to another episode of the All My Favorite People podcast. I am super excited to have with me today my friend Jessica Tillman. Hey Jessica, how are you? Hey, Brittany. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm doing great. Awesome. Well, as you can see, we are representing Moms for Liberty today. And Jessica is the uh, chair of our Seminole County chapter. And Seminole County is just our little north neighbor here in Orange. And um, she's been kind of leading the charge for this group for a while now. And I just wanted her to go ahead and share, Jessica, a little bit about yourself and your family. And then we'll jump into Moms for Liberty. Okay, well, um, I went to school for exercise science and health promotion. I was a personal trainer for a long time. Um, Then I went back to school after I had um, my kids and I got a degree in nutrition. And right about the same time, I was when COVID hit and I um, didn't agree with um, them taking the emergency out of the emergency mask policy. Um, so I started right, sending in my statements for each school board meeting and they continued to ignore us and they continued to ignore us. So I just decided to start going in person. Um, and this was before I found out about Moms for Liberty um, and people start taking notice. And when Moms for Liberty came around, everybody was just kind of like, well, you should be doing this. And I was like, okay. And it just kind of fell into my lap. Um, I have my husband, we moved to Seminole County um, eight years ago. We had, our daughter was two or three years old and we really wanted a great school district. And Seminole County just was screaming at us. We were living in North Orange County to start with. So we were like, well, why not just go just a little bit farther down the road and get a better school district. So um, here we are. Awesome. And you have three kiddos, Jessica? No, I have four. Um, I have a seventh grader. Um, She is almost 13. I have a kindergartner. He just turned six. I have a four-year-old and a 17-month-old. Hands full, mama. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about Moms for Liberty because like you said, it kind of fell in your lap and it's actually a pretty new organization. They just launched this year. I think I saw somewhere that we have like 60 something chapters. So Moms for Liberty was started in January 1st, 2021. Um, Their goal was they were two school board members um, and their terms ended and they didn't like what they saw going on. So they uh, decided to start Moms for Liberty. Their original goal was to start a chapter in all 67 counties in Florida. Um, And it quickly exploded um, into, I think we're close to 40 states. Um, I'm not sure how many chapters we have overall, but it's well into the hundreds. Um, And then we have over 70,000 members overall. So it's, it's moving very quickly. Much faster than they expected. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, I had the way that I came to know about it was actually going to our school board meetings and seeing you there being a bulldog for us. I appreciated that so much. Um, One of the things that I kind of 
noticed about Jessica right off the bat was that this chick knows her stuff. So we've met together a couple times now so that I can learn about sunshine laws and, you know, all this terminology that our school boards use in, in all of their, um, and all of their dealings that to a normal person, like we may or may not understand this, but there are ways to like learn it and, and, and grasp it and understand it more. Um, what was kind of the turning point for you to, to get involved, to start Moms for Liberty? I know you said the masks, but what was kind of that, what got that ball rolling for you? Well, um, we were con consistently going to the school board meeting discussing mask mandates and we told them, you know, we're, you're messing with our kids. We will be here until this goes away. And the more we spoke, the more issues start being presented to us. So while we're over here talking about masks, our school board decided to hire, um, they hired outside of the district for our new superintendent. And then they rescinded their vote and decided to hire their attorney um, for the position instead. And like that's everybody just kind of took a step back and was like, what just happened here? Um, so then I start digging into the sunshine laws. I start digging into what Robert's rule of order is. And like, it definitely started presenting that they couldn't, that was not legal, but they did. So, um, so I kind of just decided that moms for Liberty was going to be a great choice for us. And it, been a really great asset to our district. Yes. And it's been nice to have you guys who are just a few steps ahead of us here in Orange County kind Absolutely. of get the ball rolling. Tell us like, hey, y'all need a Moms for Liberty chapter too. Um, I know, you know, for people who aren't familiar with the organization, I think the way that we kind of present ourselves is as almost like a watchdog group for these school boards where, yes. you know, our job really is to know the sunshine laws hold our board accountable to them. Um, so how do you feel about being labeled the domestic terrorist for speaking <laughs> up in school board meetings, Jessica? <laughs> you know, if, if the shoe fits, wear it, I guess. But um, <laughs> label me whatever you like, but I'm going to protect my children until I die. So yes, go right ahead. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny, to be honest, especially when you see other things happening in this country. You're like, uh, I am not worth paying attention to. Go find right. your energy somewhere more productive. Right. Um, so what else about Moms for Liberty um, have you guys been involved in? I know you said the mask conversation, which I believe you guys got turned, right? They, yeah. they went to optional. Um, yes. And then the school board, uh, the superintendent, what other things are on the radar for Moms for Liberty and that you've been seeing and you've been kind of being involved in? One of our biggest concerns right now, I mean, we all, we've formed a curriculum committee um, that is diving into CRT. Our, we have an equity committee um, for our school board, and it's very threaded with CRT and we are working on getting that removed from our schools. Um, people across the district are sending us information, teachers, students, 
everybody. I have administrators contacting me, giving me information on what, what is being presented in the schools as CRT. Um, we are also very concerned with school security at this time. Seminole County, is, they are having fights in almost every school daily. Um, Lake Brantley had a week that they labeled fight week and they just had like 20, 20 fights in one week. There, the, Our bathrooms are destroyed. There are, um, how do I put this nicely? Um, broomstick issues in the boys' locker rooms. It's it's crazy what's going on. And here our school board is like our, our, our attorney superintendent is concerned with, we have 37 policies on our agenda for tomorrow. So why are we so concerned with policy? If our schools, we had a, a, a gun at our Oviedo high school homecoming. I mean, shots were fired. They're denying that shots were fired, but students don't lie. You know, like eyewitnesses cannot be wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. So school safety is an absolute number one priority for Moms for Liberty right now. Yeah. And sadly, I think we're seeing that all over the country with the fights, with the, you know, messed up bathrooms and things. Um, Just, this is, I'll get on my high horse and, and my soapbox here for a second, but parents, if your kids are on TikTok and they're doing stupid challenges, Yes. You need to be aware. Okay. This is not, this goes beyond like some silly thing where, you know, we're doing it for likes or whatever. We're talking about fighting. Um, we're talking about um, just literally bathrooms being destroyed. Like you said, I'm not aware of this broomstick thing, but broomstick and boys' bathroom or locker room, I can just imagine. Um, yes. And so, you know, parents, this is kind of a, a caution like make sure that you're on your kid's phone <laughs> make sure you know what yes. they're looking at and you know they're bringing these uh challenges and these things to the schools and you know as we know in theory they're there to learn right they're there to be educated and um all of these other things are a distraction to that being possible. And then CRT. So I would hope that everyone that listens to the show knows what CRT is, but if you don't, it's critical race theory. And it's this idea that if you make things fair on this level, and we talked about, you talked about equity there as well. Um, if you kind of even the playing field for all, it kind of rises everyone to the same level. And so what the the point of CRT is to, there's a couple things. One is race, um, meaning like they literally are teaching small children that if they're white, they're evil. And that they're teaching, you know, black and brown students to be scared or to hate their, their neighbor, really. Um, because... Yes. Our community is very diverse. Um, Orange and Seminole County, you know, we literally have every nationality, every color, every kind of person living here in Central Florida. And I don't know about you, Jessica, but I grew up, you know, in the 80s and 90s in a way that like, not that it didn't matter because I hear people say like, don't say colorblind, don't say I don't see race. Okay, fine. I'll give you that. But it wasn't an issue. Like you were, you are what you are and, but you're a human and a person and I'm going to treat you with dignity and respect. Like it wasn't even a thing. Um, yeah. 
So critical race theory is teaching all of these theories basically about how, you know, white people are the oppressor and they're teaching this to literal kindergarten, first grade kids. Like it's in those curriculums. And um, also this idea of equity, which they want equality of outcome, not necessarily equality, you know, all the way throughout. They want everyone to be on an even playing field at the end, which is not normal. Like each of us has our strengths and our weaknesses. You're going to, you know, grow in certain ways. So it's very concerning um, that these ideas are being really, really pushed, especially in the younger grades. Um, yes. It's being in this area, it's being labeled as character lab. And there's another program called DESSA, D-E-S-S-A. Are you guys seeing that there in Seminole County as well? I'm not familiar with either of those, but we do have um, another program. I'm not, I can't remember. There's so many different names for CRT is the problem. And I was just saying this to my husband last night. I'm, you know, we shouldn't, we have a ban on CRT in the state of Florida, but I think that we should kind of step back and look at the language of that ban and maybe ban these terminologies and not necessarily these certain phrases. So we say, well, we're not teaching CRT, we're teaching this, but it's the same thing. So we need to have language or verbiage that says we're banning discrimination on any level. We already have civil rights. So why are we needing these extra laws to ban these specific term terms? So while I agree that CRT is bad and shouldn't be in the, the schools, we should also look at the language that we have with this so that we're not just banning CRT, but banning an, an idea. Yeah, it, they do get really sneaky with it. And they kind of drop it in all sorts of subjects too. Um, the other way we're seeing it described as, and this is probably more across the board, across the country, is social and emotional learning. That's and, it. That's yeah. And yes. it's just like classic leftism where they yes. take something that's weird or off and they brand it in this pretty verbiage. Right. Uh, that's what they've done here. It's they, They're calling it social and emotional learning, which sounds like, oh, we're, you know, we're socializing our children. Awful, right. Yes. Or we're helping them be more emotionally stable. But that's really not what it is. Um, right. We've had some parents here in Orange County share like a test that was given to, I want to say a first grader. It might have been a third grader, but it was elementary for sure. And it asked about trans people and if um like what they thought of trans people and it's like hopefully your third grader doesn't, doesn't even know what that means know what that means yet like and i'm not saying we shouldn't love trans people and we shouldn't be kind to trans people but a third grader they shouldn't have a feeling one way or the other other than they're a person and, I, and we love them right i agree and i i I think that we need to also remind ourselves of the statistics that go along with these lifestyles. You know, I'm not saying that people don't have a right to, to make those choices for themselves, but this should be a choice you make when you're an adult and you're able to process the ideas and the outcomes because there are serious statistics that go along with choosing those lifestyles with suicide and all kinds of 
other choices. You know, it's, it's a very serious choice and it's not something that you can just reverse. I saw somewhere, I believe it was yesterday saying that, you know, teachers are basically being told you have to have a rainbow flag in your room, or we have to, you know, during LGBTQ month in February, we have to be inclusive. And oddly enough, it's actually not inclusive that right. like the whole, I think in, in the mind of the union or whoever the school board is making these decisions to move these, pro- these projects forward. I think in their mind, they genuinely feel like they're being inclusive, which right. yes, you were being inclusive of some of these students, right? right? But what about your straight students? What about your white male students? Like, right. I don't think they're fully thinking that through, or there is an agenda there to say, we don't care and we're going to push it anyway. Right. Um, which is what I think we're seeing with the books too. So let's talk right. about the books because there's this list floating around right now. It's about 44 books on this list, but I know that there are more um, of questionable <laughs> explicit material that's being provided in all ages um, of school. So what are you guys seeing in Seminole and have you guys started addressing that in any way? Um, we have seen a couple and um, it's more in the teachers libraries and not the actual school libraries. So it's going to be harder to find them um, because we can access the um, school library from home. So we can sift through all of those books, but it's hard to get in each individual classroom and look through what the teachers have on their shelves. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're finding. And the sad thing is uh, the superintendent is the one that's in charge of following through with getting rid of these books in the classrooms. So if you have a superintendent that is okay with it, then nothing's going to be done. Wow. I actually have a very important meeting on Wednesday this week with our superintendent. I haven't told you this yet, (laughs) but um, I just feel really somewhat nervous, but also like I'm being kind of granted this amazing opportunity that I have to take advantage of. Uh, What tips do you have for me, Jessica? Because you are, like I said in the beginning, Jessica's a spitfire and she knows her stuff. So what little bits of wisdom can you give me in regards to that? Well, I would say first off, be kind. Um, Understand that everybody doesn't have the same opinions. Um, but at the same time, you need to be able to communicate and find out where she stands on certain issues, find out what steps she she does take when these things are brought up to her. Um, so every single district has a procedure for basically everything. So find out what the procedure is. If she is, um, presented with critical race theory or the LGBTQ push. Um, so find out what she does when um, these things are brought to her attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe find out what her top priorities are right now. Yeah, that's good. I definitely want to be kind of an olive branch. I don't want to go in and be all, you know, intense, I guess you could say. I think also, you know, just the name Moms for Liberty right now has such a interesting (laughs) connotation to it at the moment. And I just feel like the fact that she reached out and was like, let's have a meeting um, 
really gives me an opportunity to show, I think, her and our county that, you know, really at the end of the day, what we want is to partner with yes. school boards yes. to, to make schools better for our kiddos. And yes. if that is their goal for real, which uh, supposedly it is. They're in that position. That should be their goal. Yes. And so if we actually have the same goals. And so how can we come together to help Moms for Liberty and your local school board um, achieve Unified. those goals? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited, but I'm nervous. So you can be uh, praying for me on that, please. And thank Absolutely. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what other things uh, do, does Moms for Liberty do? So I think another piece of it outside of the actual like school board and really nailing and drilling down on these school boards um, is this community piece of it, which has just been so amazing. So tell us what the community piece of it feels like to be involved in Moms for Liberty. There's, there's some things that you get if you're a member. So let's talk about that a little bit. The All My Favorite People podcast is proudly sponsored by Peace Love T-shirts. Go to peacelovetshirt.com to see the entire All My Favorite People collection of shirts, hats, and bags. While you're there, check out the other collections from our collaborators like Healing and Hope, The Controversy, and Ink Happy. Go to peacelovetshirt.com and use code FAVORITE for $5 off your first order. Uh, well, it's it's great. Um, I wear my hat or my shirt out in the community and like people are starting to recognize who we are. And it's great. Like almost every time I go out in public, somebody comes up to me and it's like, I want to be involved. How do I do it? Where where do you guys meet? What what's going on? How can I help? So it really is pulling on the unification of the district. And that's what we really need right now. And it's it is helping unify even with the backlash, I guess you could say, from um, some people. So the unity and getting along in the events within the community is, it's getting really exciting. I get, I don't know what else to say. So yeah. it's. <laughs> and so you've kind of like created this, your own little tribe almost within yes. your Seminole County. And I think another thing that's in, it's important to point out is, you know, we're told all over fake news media that we're the minority and we're just crazy loud moms. And what I found in getting involved with Moms for Liberty is literally the opposite of that. that you have just very passionate parents who care yes. about their kids um, and, and are now in a position where they can get involved. There's an opportunity now and a place for them. And yes. it's, for me, I know it's been really amazing. And I said this in the last episode, talking with Melissa from Freedom Keepers. These are my people. These people care like I do. They, you know, again, we have the same goals and values. And um, it's just been really encouraging to see that, you know, we're not alone. Right. And I, that's exactly how I felt, you know. We all were sitting at home before all of this, and we felt very alone. I, my daughter was was in sixth grade last year, and she just felt so alone in her school, like in our beliefs and our. Uh, we're we're very conservative in our our beliefs, and she felt like she wasn't even able to speak up in school because she would be picked on for having these beliefs. But now 
people do, like you said, they have somewhere that they can go. Like before we didn't really know what to do. And now we have somewhere we, we can gather and we can collaborate and we can come up with things that are unifying this district instead of destroying it. Yeah. I'm so thankful for that, for sure. What um, what would you say to somebody who doesn't have a Moms for Liberty in their county yet, but they want to start one? What What's your little tidbit of advice for them to get a group started? Go to momsforliberty.org and find your chapter. If you don't have a chapter, uh, start a chapter. It's really easy. They have a great process to get it started, and your district will thank you. <laughs> yeah. I will say you have to, I would say you should have thick skin if you're going to take yes. it through all. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you, um, it would be helpful. I think if you've got uh, tenacity, maybe would be another good word. Like yes. you kind of have to be a little bit of a bulldog. Well, I would say um, find your neighboring districts. If you don't have a chapter in your district, find your neighboring districts, get involved with them first that would be a great way to get your feet wet and really get a feel for what you would do and how to, how to get started and what other areas are doing with their chapters and make you more comfortable to move into your own district and start it there. Yeah. One of the other things that we're kind of talking about here in Orange is um, Liberty Schools. Have you been following that at all? I have not. Okay, so another piece that we've seen kind of come out of this is people who want to pull their kids out of public schools and they don't right. they don't actually want their kids there anymore. And so they're starting these like little co-ops and little homeschooling groups where, you know, conservative values are taught or Christian values are taught or, you know, you even have some that are like secular, but no CRT, you know, no none of these agendas being pushed. And so we've, we've kind of seen this uptick in a desire um, right. for people to want to kind of start their own thing. Are you guys seeing that there as well? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, our district, uh, before COVID, we had 67,000 students, and now we're down to 62,000 students. So it's very quickly going to the point where parents are awake. They know what they are not liking what's going on. The districts are not listening to us. So we're going to take our kids and we're going to put them somewhere where we feel that they're safe and they're going to be educated and not indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. And that really, at the end of the day, you hit the nail on the head. Now our kids are at a private school. They have normalcy. There's no masks. There's hardly anybody that wears a mask. There's no CRT. There's no fights. Everybody gets along. It's It, it was so refreshing. Like my daughter on the first week of school, um, one of the girls that she had just met, like gave her a hug on the way out the door. And she was just like taken back and shocked because in public school, they just don't do that anymore. They're, they, they're wearing their mask and they're not allowed to talk to each other. Yeah. It it has changed a lot in the last, you know, even 10 years, even five years, it's, it's changed a lot. And so it makes me, question whether or not that's the best place for my kiddos but then you have all these amazing teachers too and I think one of the things that we haven't really talked about is the good ones are leaving and what we're being left with in theory is a lot of these radicalized leftist teachers right I'm a little concerned of what our education system is going to look like in the years to come if 
all the good teachers leave or all the conservative teachers leave. If, if you only have one voice um, and one side being represented, I feel like it's going to be even easier to push these, yeah. these things through. Absolutely. So what can we do now to prevent that? Where, what, I know even like replacing school board members, these are all things that Moms for Liberty is involved with. So let's talk really quickly too about just raising up new people to take on some of these roles so that all parents have a voice. So in our district, we actually have three and a half school board members that are supposed to be conservative. Um, so we're, we're lucky on that end. Um, so we do have three that are up for election this cycle. Um, so we have one that we are focusing on, obviously. Um, but meet meeting with these school board members, meeting with these candidates is going to be imperative to get them to understand what parents are actually wanting in the district. So um, I've met with two out of the three candidates that are um, signed up to run for school board in August. Um, so we bring them to our Moms for Liberty meetings. We bring candidates to our Moms for Liberty meetings for our district, just so they are aware what we're looking for from our state representatives, from our school board representatives. So it's really important to have them understand and have that working relationship so that you can get your thoughts and ideas um, in front of them. Yeah, I've sent so many emails. <laughs> I've made so many phone calls. I've showed up to so many board meetings and um, I think you're right, kind of getting a one-on-one -on -one or, or gaining their ear um, in, a, in more of a private setting is crucial. Yes. And then raising up the, this kind of next generation, if you will, of school board members who in our area, we found we've got several parents who are never done anything like this, but are so passionate and ready for change that they're willing to put their own careers and their own kind of life on hold to pursue potentially um, running for school board because they, they want the change that bad. Uh, we have... A few uh, candidates and a lot of people that are, there's a lot of chit chat going on behind the scenes of, well, if they're not going to run, then I'm going to run. And they don't want to have too many um, candidates so that you're splitting votes, but you need to have a panel. Well, this is our panel of, these are our candidates and these are the three that we need to push. So it's really important that we get behind them and make sure that we're endorsing the right candidates, not just the one candidate. Yeah, or a warm body. Like we're done with the whole just fill the seat here in Central Florida. We're noticing there's a lot of rhino Republicans, right? Like Republicans in name only. And we have to be aware of that and not necessarily let those people kind of get through either because we've seen that you can say it with your mouth, but what you vote on or how you, the, the policies that you pass can sometimes look vastly different than what you said you were going to do, which is, you know, typical politics, of course. Yes. 
Um, yes, I, I like to say, say, say something, do nothing politicians is what I like to call them. Yeah. And so really just being mindful of those people that are already kind of boots on the ground. Like you guys have Drake, we've got Willie, we've got people that are already showing up and have been showing up and do the work. And so um, I would say if you're in a community where you need to re-up your board with some people that are going to have the best interest of your children truly at heart to be on the lookout now for those parents and those community members that are, um, that are already showing up, that are already, you know, doing the work because I think right. at the end of the day, those are the people that are going to make that difference. Even former teachers or former coaches, you know, you and I had that conversation a few months, like maybe a month ago. And I was saying like, you know, let's talk with retired teachers or some of these like, you know, teacher of the year teachers, like who is, who is qualified and capable to take these positions and, and truly understands what a classroom teacher or an administrator deals with and what their needs truly are. And of course the needs of the kiddos. Absolutely. Yes. And one of the great things is uh, Moms for Liberty is now allowed to endorse school board candidates. Um, So I think that that would be an important step to finding the right um, candidates, because if Moms for Liberty is not endorsing them or Moms for Liberty is endorsing them, I think that that is a big statement. I completely agree. We have a very, even though... um, our doors are wide open as far as, you know, you can be, a, you can be a liberal, you could be a Democrat, you can be an independent, you can be right. any of those terms, you could be total right winger, whatever you want to call it. But the, the door is wide open. Literally anyone could be part of Moms for Liberty if right. at their core, their, the value that they hold on to is that we shouldn't be teaching racism to young children. We shouldn't be pushing any kind of explicit or sexual agendas. Right. And we're going to hold our school boards accountable to what they say uh, they're going to do. And so that's, in my mind, that's by, that's nonpartisan. That's, that shouldn't have you know, a label attached to it, whether you're conservative, liberal, Democrat, whatever. Do you care about children's education? And that it be reading, writing, math, like, can we yes. just stick to the core subject right. and, yes. and offer them these things like, you know, art and music and all of these other things that we've all, all grown up with, but without, without an agenda, can we just yes. teach without an agenda? One of the problems I'm having with like the GSA and the LGBTQ push is these need to be student led organizations, not teacher led. And that's a problem because it is being pushed by the teachers and the staff and it shouldn't be, it needs to be student led. Mm -hmm. And I, I truly think there is a way to support LGBT students and be allies to them um, right. as teachers and administrators, there is a, a balance between letting those students know that there's a safe place for them mm-hmm. Absolutely. without indoctrinating the other 98% of students in the school. I agree. Um, we had a school board meeting that was about six hours long in June, I want to say. And 
one of our board members wanted to have a celebration of LGBTQ and declare June LGBTQ Pride Month. And we had six hours of public comment and we had students and community members and a lot of these people stand up and talk about the discrimination that is happening and talk about how they were bullied or whatever their situation was. And it, a lot of it was very sad, you know, I'm, it's, but we have to go back to policy and look at what we've already put in place and they have discrimination policies and the LGBTQ community is labeled specifically in these discrimination policies. So I was really pleased to see that those were added to our discrimination policies and let's get back to following the policy and find out why these students are being bullied and find out what's being done to prevent that instead of a Facebook post that says it's pride month or whatever. How about we actually support these students and actually show them that we care and not just have a Facebook post. We already have these policies in place. So that's one thing that Moms for Liberty is, is, is we are here to hold them to the policies and make sure they're do already doing what we have in place. Mm -hmm. And my, my biggest worry is that when you create something that is celebratory for one group, you're excluding the other group. All right, girlfriend, let's talk really quick about momsforliberty.org. You mentioned it earlier, but people can get these cute t-shirts there. So if you're part of Moms for Liberty in your area, go to momsforliberty.org, snag yourself some cute merch. They got hats and everything. Um, and then, like you mentioned, you can go and plug in your zip code and um, see if there's a Moms for Liberty chapter near you or in your county. And if there isn't, like Jessica said, start one. And then Jessica, I'm going to have you share where people can find you and follow you because if you are part of Moms for Liberty or you plan to start one, Jessica is an amazing resource, you guys. So I'm going to basically give her a lot more work to do by sending you her way if you have <laughs> questions. So Jessica, where can people find you? Uh, we have a private Facebook group. It's Moms for Liberty dash Seminole County, Florida. Uh, search us on Facebook. You can um, request to join our group. We're happy to share any kind of resources we have. I'm happy to personally answer any questions that if you reach out to me, I'm more than happy to help where I can. Uh, Jessica Tillman, Tillman with two L's, two N's. Um, most people forget the second N. So if you search me on Facebook, I'm, I'm searchable. So find me. Awesome. And I really appreciate your time this morning, Jessica. And I guess I should say too, Orange County, we have a we have a Moms for Liberty page on Facebook. Um, ours is also private, and we vet every person that comes in, so it's very safe community. Um, but we just want to keep you guys in the know of what's happening here in each of these counties, how you can get involved, how you can find your tribe. Um, so. Look out for Moms for Liberty in your town, and uh, I hope that you will either join or start a chapter in your area. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to like and subscribe to this channel and hit the little notification bell so you know every time I post something new. Of course, check out Peace Love t-shirts as well. 
That's where you can get all of your All My Favorite People merch. And I'd love it if you also left me a review. Thanks for tuning in and I hope to see you next time. I will make your name famous from now on so people will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 45, 17. If you like today's episode and want more info, check out lifejesusstyle.com and hashtag lifejesusstyle on social media.